So I'm talking with Jesse Wagner today, whose new album, Shoes Dropping, uh, dropping. sorry, I'm adding a G when I didn't need to, <laughs> um, uh, is coming out on Wicked Cool, Wicked cool Through Orchard, the Orchard label on the 9th, right? October 9th, yep, that's it. Okay. Yeah, I had that in the back of my head, but I, as soon as I, like, I look up things, I forget them, so <laughs> I wasn't giving someone the wrong... Um, the wrong date and end of time is so far the only song i've heard off the album and i've heard it on little steven's uh, underground garage a lot it was the coolest song of the week and um it, it's a really it was a really good one and it intrig intrigued me to to want to find out more about you so oh cool well thanks <laughs> yeah now you've been you've been performing for a lot this is is this your first album as a solo artist completely Yes and no. Uh, well, uh, completely, yes. I, I've fronted um, a, a rock band for a while, but yeah. um, about four years ago, I, I kind of had a, I, I went through a very difficult time and uh, some songs came out of that, uh, that I've been kind of crafting since then. And um, while well, well, I've been touring steadily, uh, I was getting to the point where I was like, okay, I need to do Jesse at some point. <laughs> yeah. and, and I really wanted to get these songs out because, um, because of what they meant to me. And, and, and uh, it, it took me to a level of vulnerability that I'd never gone to with any of my previous uh, projects. Uh, so I was like, okay, you have these songs it's time to get in the studio, get serious, and 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 do this particular kind of sound, this particular kind of project. Um, it's it's very different from anything I've I've put out before, uh, but it's also somewhat um, it varied in the sense that there's blues and and there's soul and pop and singer songwriter and folk and country. I, I kind of allowed myself to just let the songs be whatever they were going mm -hmm. to be and i didn't think anybody would necessarily get it because you're supposed to be this box you're supposed to be this is who you are as an artist and this is who i am as an artist but i feel like i encompass so many more things yeah. um and the fact that stevie got it and was like this is cool he's like i i he he, he hasn't really seen an approach quite like this As, aside from himself i mean if you look at the little, little steven's last record it's very unique in that it, it encompasses again so many different kinds of styles and genres yeah. and i was drawn to that in the sense that i feel like that's the kind of artist i am i'm influenced by so many different things so i wanted that to be um a representation of who i am on this record it's like I don't want to be in this box. <laughs> right. I want to show you all my sides. And in the time was a lot of fun because it was so poppy and so bubblegum and, and, and fun. Um, and it allowed me to take away from some of the darker uh, things that I was grappling with, with, with a record and bring some light. Um, so the end of time, there's another song that's coming out, uh, Passing Me By, and my first single that, that I released over and over, they're kind of more fun and tongue-in-cheek and, and uplifting, so it kind of balances the shoes right. dropping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, with shoes dropping, I was, I, you know, for some reason in my head when I saw, heard the title, I figured it was 
like a party reference, but shoes dropping, <laughs> I'm guessing means that crap is happening. Exactly. So, you know, the, the, the saying, you know, waiting Another for Another shoe drops, yeah. But for some that. reason, in my head, I was like, it sounds like, you know, maybe a new term for, for partying. I don't know. <laughs> Um, maybe, shoes, maybe I'll, shoes, I'll write a different shoes dropping. Shoes dropping music. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll put a whole other spin on my next one. This shoe, yeah. shoes dropping part two. So yeah, the, the happy stuff. Yeah. The happy um, stuff. Well, you know, uh, tell me a little bit about how um, you approached the songwriting and how it got to be, did you demo it and then start shopping it around or how, how did that all end up working out? Um, you know, uh, again, my approach to songwriting is I just write what I feel of the, in that moment. Um, and with a title track, uh, because I was going through such a difficult time and I, the, it, when you listen to the song, it's straight up just kind of like Delta Blues vibe, you know, sitting on the front porch, eating some sugar cane kind of <laughs> thing. Yeah. But I, I just remember in, in, at the time, just like, Lord, I can't take any more. <laughs> and right. as I was writing it, that's why it came across having that kind of feel. In the time when I heard the music, the music was just so bubbly. A friend of mine sent me a, a piano track and he's like, do you like this track? And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm going to write to it. And I wrote lyrics and, and melody on top of it. And I was, but because the music itself was so light and bubbly, it made me feel light and bubbly. Yeah. So I'm I'm very um, it, it, it it's usually mood oriented the kind of sound and feel that my songs come out of, um, it, and I allow my headspace wherever I am in that moment to create whatever you know and, and allow it to be whatever it's going to be, um, and. And I feel like my voice is the thing that connects it all together. And and somehow it works. Like if you listen to the record, it kind of takes you on this journey of sound, but mm -hmm. it still sounds connected. Um, so when I presented it to to little Steven, I was really just going to ask him for advice because I was like, okay, I want to go out. I want to tour off of my name. I love touring with other people. It's a great experience. It's allowed people to know who I am, which I'm very grateful for. But yeah. it's it's very different when you're supporting someone and then you're the front and everybody is right. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I wanted that experience. I've never toured on my own. So that's essentially when I, I sent him the record, I was like, hey, can you listen to this? Let me know what you think. What Give me some advice on how I should start promoting this or how I should go about releasing it. And he said, uh, yeah, let's talk, let's, let's talk. Um, you know, and so I ended up meeting him a couple of days later in this uh, little underground restaurant in New York. And <laughs> it felt like I was meeting with like Silvio, you know. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, it was, it, the restaurant was empty. It was just me and him. It was like pre-COVID birds are like empty in this restaurant. And he has, you know, his coffee. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is different. I'm not gonna get whacked, am I? Um, <laughs> uh, so we sit down and he said, this is good. This is good. And he actually listened to the whole thing. And I was like, oh my God, he actually listened. Cause you know, you give stuff to, to, to guys all the time and, and they're like, yeah, I'll take a listen. And, and then five years later, I was like, did you like it? You know? Yeah, <laughs> so the yeah, fact yeah. that he sat down and listened and, and he said, you know, Jess, this is, I, I think you're a real artist and, and I'm excited to see what you're going to come up with in the future. I think 
this would be good for my label. And, and then he's like, have you heard of Wicked Cool? And of course, in the, in the back of my head, I'm like, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you toured with him. <laughs> of course, and I've you... heard of Wicked Cool. And, you know, of course, in, the, in, in your heart of hearts, you're like, I would love to get on a record deal, you know. But, yeah. it, but you don't, you go in trying to be pragmatic and, and, and just, you know, hope for the best. Right. Uh, but the fact that, you know, that's what he said in this meeting, it, it just blew my mind because, I mean, there's hoping for the best and then there's the best happening. So, exactly. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and then like, I think two days after that, I was in uh, Wicked Cool's office and, uh, you know, they're like talking about the deal. And, and uh, next thing I know, I'm signed and, you know, we're, we're, Taking, uh, taking it, uh, figuring out which song's going to be the singles, which this, that, and the other, how we're going to release it. And uh, it, it's just been kind of a whirlwind ever since. Yes, uh, it was very exciting because it all happened in January. And then yeah. March. <laughs> yeah, yeah. March kind of, you know, it was a whirlwind and then, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, things were starting to move and then. Right, yeah, it's like, oh, my dreams are coming. Oh, no, no, they're not. Yeah, so you, had the, you had the whole thing done before you gave it to him. I did, I did. I had the okay. whole, you know, I, I presented him the whole album and he was just like, this is great, let's let's go. Let's so you it. didn't have to do anything else with it after, after uh, uh, when you signed? Uh, when I signed and we started talking about singles see when, when i was going to do it myself i was just going to release the whole thing and and you know let it be whatever it's going to be because i had no concept of how to promote an album right. and and they were like no let let's let's release a single and we're going to put on vinyl so you need a, a b-side and i was like well i gave you all my songs <laughs> yeah, yeah. so uh you know i had to you know, had these deadlines now, which I didn't have before because I was like, I had it done out, my album was done. Um, right. And they're like, no, we need a song like yesterday. Uh, so fortunately, uh, you know, as a writer, you always have stuff lying around. Um, and I, I happened to have a, a demo of a song that I was working on and it, it seemed to fit. Uh, so I got in the studio really, really quick, finished up that song and added it as the B-side to my first single. Cool. So that, that's, I, I think that's what's amazing about times like today, these days, not in COVID times, but that you can go out and you can put together something on your own and then sell it, you know, or, or you know, ship, you know, uh, shop it around. I think that's just one of the incredible things where before it used to be you really had to, I mean, there was the DIY period and all that, but, you know, there there is something different about modern times where you can do it a lot differently um it's, it's a double-edged sword in a way um yeah. because it, it's great that you have that capability um but n before when you were an artist and you and you were like you know 70s or whatever uh it, they would see your potential and they would help hone you so that you know you 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 were able to have all these great minds and 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 this huge force creating this amazing thing with you. Nowadays, I, I think majors don't even really want to deal with you <laughs> unless right. you're kind of already the thing, you know, right. and, and they just get, add the sparkle here and there. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm glad that I had the album done and I was ready to go because um, I, I think it, for this particular instance, it worked in my benefit. But um, 
I, I, I wish I had grown up in the, in a time where, where it was more hands-on with the label, yeah. you know, if I could have had like an Amundergen, you know, watching yeah. my career. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, I have to say for Wicked Cool, um, it, because it's been so challenging this year and not being able to promote it in the way that I, I would like, not being able to, to get out and really tour, they have been very supportive. And I, and I don't think I would have gotten that from a major had I, yeah. um, you know, signed with a Warner or whatever. Um, you know, I, I can call up the label and cry <laughs> and be like, I don't know what I, you know, I can't take it anymore. And, and, and they'll walk me through it. And, and I, I feel like it's definitely a family environment in that I feel like they definitely are watching and, and, and they got my back. Yeah. Well, I think that has a lot to do with probably how Steven set it, set it up to begin with. I mean, and um, I mean, um, for, for me as a fan of his radio, his channel, um, you know, I know how deep, you know, the music is and the music, you know, is technically all over the place, you know, style wise, there's all sorts of stuff. Right. And my, my musical knowledge has only grown from listening, you know, being a listener of the show uh, or this, well, his show and the channel. Right. So it's like, but in your song, just like, you know, it's weird because it's like your, your song is modern and classic sounding at the same time and it fits so perfectly with with what they do over there so i was you know i'll admit you know they do the coolest song of the week every week and not every week do i say oh that's awesome you know sometimes i if i'm listening too much i'm like do i really have to hear the song again (laughs) your week when i was listening that week i was like i I could not get enough of it so oh thank you so i mean it i always i always cherish those weeks when i just love a song and that's what put so that's what put me on your your radar because honestly, um, I don't. I used to do write about music all the time, so I've been a little out of it for a number of years. I wrote about the food business for a number of years, and then I got older. And despite my thinking at thirty five, oh, I'm never going to be that guy that's not going to know what's happening right now. I'm like at fifty, like who are all these kids? <laughs> like yeah. you know, I look at I was looking at festival lineups. I'm like, this sounds like some sort of made up nonsense. There's right. not any of these bands anymore. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it's like you know that's why I appreciate his channel because it, it it does introduce me to some new stuff occasionally. You know, and and uh, anyway, so get off the floor. No, but he's he's quite a musicologist. I mean, even where yeah. he he can name you know, some obscure band from 1952 and name when they came out and what year their biggest hit was. And right. I've never known anyone who has a greater volume of knowledge, yeah. <laughs> you know, of music that, that yeah. you can just spew at any moment. It, it, it's really quite remarkable. Yeah, it, it's just um, his what I appreciate most about him is his championing, championing of artists, really. It's like, and, and the label has just put out some really interesting stuff. So that's, I mean, that's just fantastic. Um, well, let me, let me divert a bit. Um, you've been a, a, a singer in a lot of pretty big established acts. Um, from what I've understand, I, I've seen Lenny Kravitz, uh, Kid Rock, Sheik, Duran Duran, um, I'm sure I'm missing a bunch. 
you know, how does, how does, um, how did that kind of start for you to be like a touring and I'm guessing studio work too? Uh, uh, how, studio, yeah. Yeah. How, how did, how did that work? And, and does that sort of like, do you, do you get into a, a thing where you don't want to rock the boat? Like when you finally decided to make the album, but you're doing all these, except for this year, obviously, it, it <laughs> was a perfect time to make an album. Right. Um, except not at the same time, but you know, you're doing all these big tours and everything and you're making, I'm guessing, decent money, you know, and you're like, okay, I'm, you know, it's not my music, but I'm making, you know, I'm making music, I'm on stage, I'm singing, I'm, I'm doing what probably 90% of musicians wish they were doing, you know? Right. How, how, how does it, what does it take to say, you know, to uh, upset the apple cart, so to speak, you know? It's, it's terrifying, actually. <laughs> um, I can imagine. Yeah, because, well, one, you have to be somewhat certifiable to be a, a musician anyway, because it, it's the yeah. most, uh, you, you have no safety net. There's no security in anything <laughs> that you do. No, and I, sure. and I've, I've been fortunate to have had a steady career over the years and worked with a lot of different artists. Um, so yeah, you do get used to that because uh, that's the closest thing to security you can get when it comes to um, having this kind of career. But then again, you're always supporting someone else right. and you're always at the whim of someone else. Exactly. So uh, if someone gets sick or they change their mind and decide, you know what, I don't need background singers this tour or you know maybe i'm changing the look so anything can happen where where it affects your life and and you have no uh control over it i mean not to say that i have much control over my own solo career um you know there's still variables there oh but it's still yours it's not mine right so um last year i finished the tour with stevie van zandt uh i knew this year i hadn't didn't have anything booked uh, i was looking and it, again, I guess the opportunity presented itself. It's like, okay, you finish the record. You don't have a tour coming up. You're just kind of like doing local things, session work, uh, you know, picking up corporate gigs, whatever. Why don't you take this moment and just see what you can do? Yeah. And it, it, I think there's a point when you've been doing it as long as I have where you're like, okay, how long can you do this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Cause yeah, you, you make decent money when you're on the road, but as soon as you're off the road, who right. child. Yeah. It's there's, a whole, it's a whole nother, nobody's whole, paying you to stay at home. Exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> feast, it's feast or famine, you right. know, and, uh, and, and it's still a big risk cause I spent a lot of money, my own money doing my record. You know, I didn't yeah. have, a label paying for it. I did it all. Right, exactly. So, you know, I took a lot of that, those funds that I had saved up from touring and I was like, okay, this is it. You know, you, you, you got to take a chance at some point because right. how many years can you go on? Not to say that I couldn't keep going. I know, I know background singers that are, you know, in their seventies, whatever, still doing it. Right. Um, but it, it's hard. It gets harder the older you get. It's uh, it's grueling being on the road. Uh, it's it it wears at your body. It wears at your spirit. It's the best thing and the and the hardest thing at the same time. Yeah. Uh, 
So I'm like, before I am 80 and I have to run out on stage with a cane, you know, at least try, see what you can do at this point when you don't have anything planned, you don't have that next tour popping up right now. It's like, take advantage of the moment when it comes. Right. Yeah. No, understandable. It's like, um, oh my, I just had a thought in my head and I just let it go. (laughs) Happens to me all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I have no idea what I was gonna say. There was something I was gonna say to what you said, and eh, we're all right. So, <laughs> uh, so you did? Did you put together the album like kind of piecemeal, or did you record it uh, semi all at once? Oh no, it was definitely piecemeal because I was yeah. on tour. So um, you know, I'd be gone for a couple of months, and then I'd have cramming in in two weeks, you know, whatever I could get done in two weeks. So this this two weeks. Um, I would get the vocals done and maybe I could get the the, the drums and the um, the bass done. Or a lot of it was done remotely too. Like I would be on the road and um, my producer was like, well, I have such and such, the, the um, keys coming in and he's gonna lay down uh, the piano part here and the organ parts here. And I had to kind of like, you know, go on faith that they'll get, you know, what yeah, we yeah. needed. Um, Cause you know, I tried to be in the studio as much as I can for all the, the recording. Like I remember when, when uh, the um, cellist was in and I just boohooed cause it was so beautiful. And I didn't expect, you know, you, 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 you want something for your song. And then when you hear it and it's so lush and beautiful and gorgeous, it's such an overwhelming experience. Cause it, it, elevates your music to a whole nother level so I was I was so happy I was able to hear the cellist when he was working on my songs um but yeah it would be I'd have two days here before we had to go uh, upstate New York or wherever so I, I recorded all the vocals for all the songs in those two days backgrounds you know leads everything um and it was kind of like the same with my guitarist whenever I was home I was like okay let's let's try and get in here and there and and, uh, and get it done. And, and then finally, <laughs> the tour slowed down. I was able to like sit down and we could edit it and like, no, let's let's take this out. Let's add this and that kind of stuff. Right. That's yeah. cool. Thanks. So you were uh, working on it and having it worked on during the uh, Soul Fire tour for yeah. Bill Steven. Soul Fire and uh, Summer of Sorcery tour. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I, how, how long were you... Um, part of, or how long, I mean, I'm not saying that you're not going to be for whatever is next, but how long were you part of Steven's band? Um, I see, I think I, I did the first run with him in two, uh, 2017, um, but that was uh, still kind of with Lenny. Uh, so um, I brought in the other background singers with, with me from Lenny's band and um, we had to finish out some dates with Lenny. Uh, and then I think I came in at the tail end of 2018 and uh, and did all of 2019, yeah. That's cool, that's cool. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting album too. I, I heard the shows were really good. I just didn't get a, a chance. I think he sold out when he was uh, playing Chicago. So I didn't end up having a chance to, to even see that show. I was actually kind of interested in, in checking out what that looked like it was a pretty it's a pretty big band right huge huge yeah Yeah. Yeah. massive but yeah it was it was a really entertaining in that again there were so many different vibes going on 
and it was very colorful. If you've ever seen it in pictures, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of patterns and colors and, and, and feathers, oh my. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and it just got even more colorful as we went into the, um, the uh, Summer of Sorcery. But it, it was a, it's an eclectic show and it was tiring too because they're long and we danced the whole time. Danced yeah. and our little hearts out and head banged and everything. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's cool. And then you grew up in Virginia, correct? Um, I was born in Virginia. I guess I grew up, I, I am a Southern girl. I spent a lot of time in Alabama, Virginia mainly but also tennessee and florida um yeah so we we moved around the south a lot but i i'm definitely a southern girl of my youth i guess i've been living in new york for many years now yeah (laughs) um but i still consider myself mostly a country girl (laughs) gotcha why did you move around so much as a kid your parents like that uh weren't in the military or my mom's a gypsy okay (laughs) She kind of went where the, the the wind blew, and she's like, um, uh, I want to try this job, so we're going to go here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, my mom just kind of had a, a, a sense of adventure, and so we, we moved around a lot, uh, mo- always in the South. But um, yeah. I think I'm grateful for that, mo- especially now, because... I think had I not had that kind of experience, I don't think I would have been able to live anywhere. Cause I feel like at this point I could live anywhere. I could go anywhere if I yeah. had to. Um, and that's because I had that kind of childhood because I, I was actually rather shy when I was yeah. younger. Um, and my mom always tried really hard to, to open me up and, and expose me to a lot of different things. Um, and, and you don't always get that in the South. So I was very yeah. grateful to her for, for trying to, uh, keep my horizons burgeoning. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was that like as, as a kid get, moving around though? I'm sure it was a lot different than what you feel about it now. Was it hard to do? It was hard sometimes, you know, you, 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 you do end up living someplace long enough. And you're like, well, I have all my friends and now I'm leaving, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, it, you, you grow, you learn, you make new friends and, and, uh, Again, I, I appreciate it now. I don't, yeah, yeah I, had, I had my moments. I had my stubborn cross my arms moments, but um, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was a pretty good childhood. My mom, she, she always kind of made it fun and interesting in a way. Yeah, is she still around? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Where is she at now? She is in Virginia. And okay. I had the first bit of quarantine with her down there, but I had to flee because all my mom does is cook so <laughs> i gained like uh, i don't know 20 pounds i was like this isn't gonna work i'm gonna go back to new york and quarantine in my little apartment and, and eat, <laughs> you know cup of noodles so <laughs> so she's doing okay she is doing okay she it's funny she just sent me some bread she sent me some banana nut bread <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah she's, she's still trying to feed you from She's still trying to feed me. Miles away. She asked me, uh, what's in your fridge? Do you have any eggs? <laughs> I have mustard. That's all I have. Right. I have mayonnaise and ketchup. I'm going to order a burger, <laughs> a veggie burger. Do you, uh, are you a vegetarian? I'm, I'm a pescatarian, yes. Pescatarian, okay. Yes. <laughs> That's cool. Um, 
uh, well, that down south, that's that's a good good place to be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any siblings? I I do. Um, I have an older sister with my mom, and my dad. Uh, he had well, he remarried, and so I have a stepbrother and a stepsister, and two more stepsisters. That's cool. Yeah. They're all in the south. They are all in the south. My dad yeah. is in Alabama. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it doesn't get more southern than that, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, Alabama, Mississippi, those might be the most southern states. Well, yeah, when you think of the south, you definitely think Alabama, Tennessee, Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, for sure. It, it, it's funny. I was talking on the phone, and, and a friend was listening to me um, as I was talking to some of my dad's uh, friends. Um, and when I hung up, they're like, you got really country. <laughs> <laughs> so that just comes out when you it talk. Comes to out, but I, yeah, when I'm around my family, I sound like a very different person. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So it's almost like a, like a, a, some sort of a thing where you, for New York, you abandoned the accent <laughs> of talking uh, I, out, of, out of probably some sort of fear of how New Yorkers treat don't sound like New Yorkers. Oh, when I first moved to New York, um, I just remember uh, the new. It, it was such a um, an eye-opening experience because yes, as a southerner, you have a slower pace. You kind of move differently. You talk differently. Yeah. Everything is is it's spread out. And I remember going into a pizzeria. I just wanted a slice of pizza, and the guy's like, "Okay, what do you want?" And I'm like. Hi, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Not New York. Oh, it's time for that. Right. And he's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come <laughs> on. I got customers. <laughs> I got customers. <laughs> it terrified me. I was like, what the Cheese, cheese. I just want cheese. <laughs> just run out. I don't know. I'm running out. I almost did. I remember I was here for six months. I was like, I can't do it, Mom. I can't. I'm leaving. I'm coming home. I'm at the door of the local pizza place. I'm <laughs> opening the door. Oh, no. Forget it. I'm running back to my apartment. I, yeah. And put the sheets over my head. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I got to say, I haven't been to New York. I mean, I've, I've, I've lived in Chicago, but I know that no matter where you, where, what city you've lived in, nothing can prepare you for experiencing New York. No, it, it's it's so unique in itself. Out of every place in the world, New York, New York has its own um, feel and vibe, it, unlike anything. And and it does take a minute to get used to if you're if you're living. If you're visiting, okay, it's cute. All oh, New Yorkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you if you're living here, you have to pick up the pace. You have to 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 realize. Um, it's just a different feel and you can't take a lot of things um you know you can't get offended you know if people are like come on you know because it, it's it's just a faster pace and, yeah and from what i've known new yorkers are lovely absolutely lovely they might yeah. be a little gruff in the beginning but that's you know it, it doesn't it's not a hatred kind of thing it's not like you know right it, they're still very welcoming, loving people. It's just it's just that things move at a, at, a, at their at the New York pace. At the New York pace, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have and you have to move with it. It's not you know you're not outside a cafe in in, in Italy somewhere. You know, <laughs> exactly. Where you can sit there and take three hours to drink your coffee. You know, you, you got places to. Everybody's got places to be. 
Right, right, yeah. <laughs> it's too it's too expensive there to to it's, be in not a, not in a hurry. Exactly, but it's also it's so beautiful. It's lovely. It's beautiful, and I even though I feel like I'm a perpetual tourist because I'm still odd whenever I'm driving into the city and you see this lovely skyline the city yeah it's it's remarkable it's it's breathtaking still and there's so many pockets to the city that take you away um like if you're in the in the cloisters in in uh uh in manhattan and you feel like you're in like this beautiful little garden paradise or you go to like the tenement museum down in in the in the East Village off of Orchard Street, and and you see what it's like to have been here in the turn of the century. They have and a tenement. They have a museum for tenements. Yes. Fascinating. <laughs> no, because I mean that's one of the things I like. If I watch like The Godfather Two or something like that, I I love that in in, in the early seventies, Coppola was able to direct to make nineteen uh, seventies New York. You know, New York, 1970s New York still looked enough like night early, you know, 20th right. century New York to film and make it look as authentic as possible. And, and I used to, you know, I used to think about, you know, you see all, you know, you saw all the old movies where people lived on top of each other. And, right, yeah. You know, and like not even studio apartments, they were room apartments. Exactly. And, and you go to the Tenement Museum and it's everything is, is preserved. Yeah. So you're walking back in time and you feel like you're, this, this is it. This is 1919, oh, 19, you know, <laughs> New York. And, and yeah. you see how people lived, you know, they would put chairs, you know, lined up and you would sleep on these chairs in the living right. room with your eight siblings. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and they're it, all, there, there was the clothesline out the window right. all that yeah. business. Do they have a museum for 1970s, 1980s New York? I wouldn't be surprised. Is it, is it just a street corner with garbage? <laughs> I I would not be surprised. You know, there has to be yeah. There's there's everything here, but <laughs> you know, I love it. I I truly love this city. I'm still a country girl at heart. You know, I, yeah. I love to escape and and you know. It's probably and, nice and, to get away to see your mother sometimes and have a little. Oh yeah. It's a seven-hour. It's not for any length of time where you you, you eat too much for cooking. <laughs> That's whenever I you know I, I I feel the waistline expanding. I'm like, okay, mom, I gotta go. I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll come back when I haven't eaten for two weeks. Exactly. <laughs> then that's um, the first thing. Yeah, let me feed you. <laughs> let's. Hey, that's that's the South. Yes. <laughs> that's one good positive quality of the South is, yes. is the welcoming nature. Um, <laughs> uh, do, do you mind if I ask what neighborhood are you in in, in New York? I'm in Queens, yeah. Ah, yeah, Queens. Yeah, that would, if I, I figured if I ever moved to New York, I would probably try Queens. Brooklyn and Manhattan are completely out of the question at this point because they're too pricey. I'm yeah, sure yeah. Queens isn't exactly a thrill either, but Wait, <laughs> Everything in New York is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you sit down and think about it, you're like, why do I live here? <laughs> right, right. Because everything it, it costs. I mean, it's yeah. like New York and San Francisco. Those are the. Yes. You no, know, I mean it's not like it's cheap here in Chicago either. But I just I've looked into it at times, and I'm like, I I don't know, I don't know how anybody lives. How does anybody live in New York? 
very very carefully yeah. <laughs> you know like, you, you take every little thing you can get because and, and you try to squirrel it away as much as you can because yeah. you're gonna need it <laughs> yeah and then you just enjoy the small amount of space you're able to carve out of out of life yeah which is one reason yeah why well, i do live in queens in the neighborhood i live in because it's one of the last somewhat affordable you know in quotes <laughs> because yeah. Uh, yeah anywhere else i, like, I, I read that even harlem has kind of seen a renaissance and oh forget and it harlem who can afford harlem <laughs> it's like that used to be like everybody that's like the, the, I mean, probably the Bronx is is probably not exactly great either. I mean, it's like everything's been taken over by hipsters oh, and everything. The Bronx is expensive too, especially if, you know, the further you go out to the West. And the Bronx, I mean, for God's mm. sake, the Bronx, is, you know, I mean, it, yeah, nobody yeah. they were safe in the Bronx back in the, see, this, my whole perspective is of people talking about things from the 70s and the 80s. Right. It's yeah. like, you know, I mean, from seeing and watching Serpico like two weeks ago, <laughs> and I'm like, how did people live in this city? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a completely different animal now. Um, and I don't know how people, because I think it was pricey back then too. But now it's right. astronomical. It's it's yeah. unheard of. Yeah. I don't know how people live. I live here, and I don't know how people live here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. So like. Let me get back to your album a bit. Uh, is there any plans? Uh, I know you have a label mate that I, I'm friends with, Jesse Mellon, who oh, okay. um, does, has been doing these virtual, well, he does them from the Bowery Electric. I uh, just did one, yeah. Concerts, yeah. And uh, is there any plans to try to do something like that? Uh, well, I, ju I just did his show. Oh, you did? Which yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, I did the Bowery Electric. Which, which, which I mean, what, what week? Um, just last, yesterday was the last day, it was up for a week. Um, we, we did a show September 11th. Okay. Yeah, no, that was, that was exciting. And, oh, and I wish I would have known about that. I had no idea. I wish I, yeah, no, um, you know, I'm, I'm hope once I get the footage, I might put up a clip or, or two from okay. the show. But yeah, to have a full band again, you know, I had a sax player and keys and, and my two guitars, bass, and I, my drums, full band. Yeah. Um, and I, which is unheard of right about now. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I did one show before that bands in town where I had, um, a rather large band, but this with having the saxophone player, it's great. And I had actually never played the Bowery. I've had friends that played there and I've, uh, gone to see a lot of different shows there. So it was nice to, um, to perform and, uh, be on a real stage <laughs> again. Yeah. Yeah, and the yeah. sound was amazing. You know, I, I watched a clip of it and I was like, wow, this, this sounds really good. Um, and again, to have my band. Yeah, it, yeah. Oh, that's it. I mean, that has to be a, has to have been an amazing experience because of not performing for so long. I, you, it, you don't realize how rusty you are until you're like, oh my God, wow. I, that's, that, I felt that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think there was a moment in the show too, uh, where like we, we got through one particular song and I was really excited about it. And I was like, yes, I said this on camera. She was like, nailed it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, so what, what was the process leading up to that show? Like, did you have time to rehearse? Yeah. Fortunately, the rehearsal studios are, are, starting to open back up you know you had to 
wear the masks and you, yeah. you know, keep it all spaced out and everything. Um, but yeah, I was able to get a couple of rehearsals in before we, before we did the show. Um, so it felt like old times. Yeah. That's great. And so how, how, how well do you think that came together after the rehearsals? How did the show actually, I mean, you obviously felt that one performance, but overall, how did the show go for you? Um, I, I, I think it went well, considering, you know, I haven't, I, I haven't, I didn't have a chance to do anything like that in such a long time. And uh, I was able to, to hit the notes that I wanted to hit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't watched the whole thing yet, you know. Yeah. I'm one of those singers that doesn't necessarily like to look back and, you know, because then I'm like, oh, you know, you pinpoint everything that you hate instead of appreciating the whole. And I'm trying yeah. to get better about that, you know, appreciate the whole. Um, but I, I got some feedback from different people and they were like, that was a really great show. That was amazing. Um, and that felt good. It, it, and it was, you know, I, I try to make things fun and silly as much as possible, especially when I'm doing a live stream. Um, cause I, I've done them for my house or, you know, and, and I always try to make jokes. I try to interact with people as much as I can, um, just to, so it's not so static. I hate watching people are just kind of sitting there and they're playing and they're singing and you can be great and lovely and I appreciate the voices and everything. Um, but I try to make it more like you're watching, you know, Sunny and Cher variety show or something. Yeah. So if if you ever do get the chance to watch it, if I, when I get the, the footage, you know, you'll see I'm a complete nutball. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I hope that makes it fun for people. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm sure, you know, and right now, everybody's searching for every little bit that, you know, that yeah. they can find, I think. Um, I think everybody's, especially with a winter looming, we're really going to have, we're really going to be uh, searching for something uh, yeah. through this. It feels like winter is here. I'm like, I'm yeah. walking around, I'm like, you know, I needed a sweater. I'm like, yeah, it, you, even here, it's gotten. Um, I mean, it's gotten down to the 40s at night, which is yeah. What is that? Still, it was still in the 90s. It's in the beginning of the month, so it's, it's like, a drastic yeah. turn. It's like when are the aliens coming? All right, 2020. This is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna ask you this one question, and and it's. It, it, I, I don't. I don't really know how much you want to get into a subject like this, but I, you know, I, I've been sitting there thinking that as we get closer to to November, um, where where are your, and how comfortable are you with discussing, um, where we are as a country right now in 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 this you know election year? Um. You know, I, I I don't tend to talk about politics. I yeah. I tend to keep my page very light. Um, That's fine. It, no, no. I mean, it, it, I I think we're it, we're definitely in in this in a critical moment, um, more so than than uh, in in past years. You know, it's very reflective of of the civil rights era. Um, and you know they say history repeats itself and I, I do definitely feel like we're in this this cyclical pattern right now you know where um everything's come to a head and and i do feel like something has to change something has to give um you know i'm definitely 
planning on getting out and voting. I, um, I, I feel like at this point, um, there's too much vitriol being uh, spewed and there's too much divisiveness. And I hope that in the future, who gets elected will bring some kind of um, understanding, some kind of um, uh, a way in which in, instead of dividing our nation, we could uh, allow for conversation, a real conversation about what's going on so that people on, on both sides can understand each other's perspective in a, in a way that that's not being grappled with or dealt with right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're we all seem to be fairly angry about yeah. a lot of different things, and it's hard sometimes because it's a it's a real fight. It's not it's not a it's not a typical time in America where we used to fight about things that were maybe stupid to fight that much about. But it's like now this is a a real time in this country's history to to try to fight for what you believe in, but right also also try to remember that we're all stuck together in this too which is sometimes difficult i think to do for right. us um it's something i've had my own difficulty reining in quite frankly i tend to tend to get a little hot-headed when it comes to uh <laughs> politics and dealing with ignorance and stuff but um you know what right. do you do? it's a very difficult conversation to have and because tempers flare so easily and and uh, which is why I don't, you know, I, I try not to, to yeah. delve into it. You know, I, I do have my own views. I have, uh, I do try to vote, um, yeah. you know, um, and I encourage people to vote. Uh, I think that's the most, for, with, with, whatever you believe in, I think that, I think more people need to vote. Right. Yeah. I, I think, and I think too few of us do it because at some point we stop, you know, we stop uh, thinking it mattered. Right. But that's part of the problem too. Exactly. Exactly. And and I think it's, again, this is definitely a very um, powerful election coming up. <laughs> that yeah. you know we're we're on we're at a precipice in the, in this country where uh, I I think we could tumble down into some some even darker times and and uh, if. Uh, if things don't change <laughs> yeah i i mean I, I i'll be honest my own opinion is i think uh no matter who wins in six weeks i think we're we're still headed for some extreme fallout because they're just because of it's not just one person that's doing all this it's it's a group of it's a significant portion of the country that um believes certain people and certain beliefs are wrong and they're showing signs that they'll they'll take violent means to fight for their beliefs right is a disturbing idea and that's something we as a country will have to deal with as well it's yeah. not gonna matter who's in who's in office for that it, it's it, we're in some pretty scary times you know yeah. not as you know, politically, but then, uh, you know, with the environment and, <laughs> um, forget it. I mean, yeah, the, the right now, like, uh, my ex-wife lives in the Pacific Northwest and 
Yeah, she just got she just got remarried, and the three towns away were fires from where her, her wedding took place. I mean, wow. And these things are still going on. Was uh, my a friend of mine sent me a, a map of all the fires, and it's like just engulfed, you know, so much of that area. And it's and that, yeah, that's that's what's going on. Climate change. It's right. Uh, and we didn't. We should have been doing something about this forty years ago, but we decided not to. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we're just at a very um, critical juncture. Yeah, we're we're at the, the pendulum is, is swinging, right. and, and it could swing the wrong way. Very, it it is swinging. It is know, swinging. Yeah, we need we need we need to you know get it the other way. Exactly. Exactly. Get off the heaviness, and I appreciate you. I, I appreciate you threading the needle there, because I understand that not everybody. You know, there's a lot of artists that will be you know, mm -hmm. uh, vehement about their positions, but, you know, I, not I, I work for uh, Stevie. <laughs> Stevie yeah, will yeah. not hold back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, no, I know, I know, I've heard some of his stuff, yeah. And he's, he's been, he's been great to hear some of that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, well, let me, I'm going to ask you a kind of like a simple question, I think, and I think I'll wrap it up after that, because I, I, I don't want to take too much of your time, especially on a Saturday night when you could, be doing more yeah. whatever I got called the midwife to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got uh, yeah, I got baseball to watch too. <laughs> Very exciting stuff. Uh, but you know, as as a beginning, you know, as a developing music fan, um, who would you say your biggest influences were early on? And I'm not saying would it would necessarily influence how you perform, but just who sparked your your creative interest in music the most as a young person? Well, that, that's a very difficult question because, again, my mom, growing up, we listened to, to everything. Um, and I feel like I, I took from all of that. I, I remember we on road trips, we listened to a lot of Nancy Wilson, not from Heart, but... <laughs> right, no, I know which Nancy Wilson. It took me a while it, it, in earlier years to figure out there, there were two of them and one had nothing to do with heart. Right, very, very different figures. <laughs> yeah. um, no, you know, so I, sometimes, depending on the kind of music I sing, people hear Nancy Wilson, and, and then as I got a little older, you know, I, I had more R&B influences, you know, with Stevie Wonder, and, um, and then, you know, I think high school, college, I, I started listening to more rock music, more alternative, um, you know, like, I have writers that I really love, like Gwen Stefani and, and um, Fiona Apple and uh, Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews kind of ruled my life for a while. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, and then even heavier stuff, like I always wished I could do a, uh, a duet with like Chris Cornell or somebody like that, you know. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, that would have been like a dream come true. Um, I. I have so many different kind of musical influences because I love so many different kinds of music. Mm -hmm. And I think it, if you listen to the album, you'll hear all those little bits and pieces come out in different songs. Um, so it's hard for me to say, yeah, it was this person. Um, I guess mostly when I was very young, Nancy Wilson, because we listened to so much jazz. Standards yeah. growing up in the house, um, but even you know like Tremaine Hawkins because we listened to a lot of gospel too. Um, I grew up in the church, so yeah. you know we had that and the Clark sisters and um, you know so 
I have all of that, you know. Um, I also have a lot of Joni Mitchell in my music, I think, if, if you listen to it, you know. Okay. It, the folkier stuff comes out on, on some of the songs. Um, so I run the gamut. <laughs> I, I see a lot of people, um, it's, it's interesting because I, I, I was, you know, you mentioned Joni Mitchell. I was never the biggest Joni Mitchell fan, but I, I see her being referenced, I, I feel, more in the last few years by people. Wow. I think it's interesting because I just never, I mean, I knew Blue was a, a big deal. You know, I just, I didn't realize she was as influential as, as it seems like, you know, she might, she seems to be in, in these, in these recent years enjoying a renaissance by people that picked up on her at some point and decided to make music of their own, which is I, fascinating. She just, she had a diff, she had a very interesting approach to how she wrote songs and they're, I like music that's that are you're listening to like a, a, a storytelling. You know, it's yeah. not just you know. I there are, there are times for just the bump and grind music and and the get yeah, in the yeah. club music. But I tend to listen to or I'm drawn more to albums where it's you feel like it's a storytelling, yeah. um, and I like it to to have poetry and and um, and and very melodic. And, and her stuff is is very um very melodic and and um oh yeah and 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 she she tells interesting stories uh so i i think that's why i'm, I'm drawn to that and like on, on like the rock and like I, I think i was talking about incubus the other day i love brandon boyd's writing in the same way um like if you listen listen to his song um here in my room it's such a beautiful story of how this guy's just sitting around at this party that he doesn't, he's not really enjoying and the girl just walks in and changes everything. And, and, and you know, it, he's, he says like going from black and white to full blown technicolor. I'm like, it's so poetic and beautiful. And you totally understand what he's saying. Um, and you're enraptured and, and caught up in this great story. So I, I I like artists that tell great stories. That's cool. That's awesome. Well, Jesse, I really appreciate you taking the time today uh, to speak with me. I, I wish you good luck on the album. Uh, Thank you. comes out on Wicked Cool via Orchard Distribution on October 9th. And keep an eye on our website, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of stuff, yeah. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Uh, for for uh, news and when she might do another live stream or uh, when we could actually go back to seeing shows again. Oh, dear God, soon, please. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much, Jesse. You have a great rest of your night, okay? Thank you. Enjoy your baseball. <laughs> thank you. I will. Enjoy. Uh, I forgot what you said, something about maidens. They'll call the midwife. <laughs> call the midwife, okay. I, for some reason, I had it in my head, it's a hands maiden tale. So. That's call good, the too. Midwife? What is called a midwife? I don't think you want to know. <laughs> really? No. What, it's, is it pregnancy <laughs> stories? It is pregnancy stories, yes. From the 50s and the 60s. <laughs> That's fascinating. Now I'm actually intrigued. Yeah. Well, enjoy, enjoy pregnancy stories from the 50s and 60s. <laughs> thank you. Right, thank you. You have a good night. You too. All right, bye. <laughs>